Welcome to Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. I'm Chris from PleasureMechanics.com, and on this podcast, we have soulful, explicit conversations about all aspects of human sexuality. Come on over to PleasureMechanics.com, where you will find our complete podcast archive, and go to PleasureMechanics.com slash free to join our free online course and dive a little deeper with us tonight. All right, for today's episode, we are sharing with you our visit to Sex Talk with My Mom, a hilarious podcast hosted by Karen Lee and Cam Poder, a mother-son duo that has fabulous conversations about sex and love and sex culture and dating. And they are a wonderful duo. We go way back with them. This is actually our second visit to the podcast. And so as soon as we arrived at their LA studio, we visited them back in December when we were swinging through Los Angeles. As soon as we arrived, the first question when our butts hit the couch was about anal sex. They just dived right in. Um, And so that's where the episode starts. But then it meanders to mindful sex, erection and ejaculation control, all sorts of things that were on their minds. I hope you enjoy this episode with the good folks at Sex Talk with My Mom. And if you enjoy this conversation, there's way more waiting for you in their podcast feed, and I will link that up in the show notes page. Enjoy this episode, and we will be back with you next week with another episode of Speaking of Sex. Meanwhile, come on over to PleasureMechanics.com, where all of our podcast archive awaits you, and go to PleasureMechanics.com free to enroll in our free online course and join our community. All right, we will see you next week. Enjoy this conversation with Sex Talk with my mom. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. So I'm just trying to picture, is the first sphincter my, is it, or the external sphincter, is that the part, is it, I'm going to have to control that and be like, you got to open it, open up, buddy. And, and allow that in there or okay so you don't have to do any of this i just want to be clear no i have to do this <laughs> this is an assignment <laughs> it's uncomfortable to talk about sex but sometimes it's important to get uncomfortable sex talk with my mom is the best mom son podcast about sex it's the only one as well my mother is a cougar my son is a clown in a nutshell my dad died so my mother decided to create a youtube channel all about sex like all mothers do and then my son decides to use my material in his stand-up comedy routines and thus sex talk with my mom was born Welcome to Sex Talk with My Mom. I'm Cam Poder. And I'm Karen Lee Poder. We're chatting about sex twice a week on Mondays and Thursdays. And today is a Friday because we needed a little extra time because we had a very special guest for this episode. Well, there are two guests, actually. It's a dynamic duo known as, drumroll please. The Pleasure Mechanics. The Pleasure Mechanics. I'm, I'm going to try to talk like them. They, they both talk so quietly and peacefully. And they're somatic sex educators. And they teach you everything you ever wanted to know about anal orgasms. 
we had them on the in the show in the past. <laughs> you just ignored that I said that. Well, we I didn't ignore it. I'm about to respond and say they taught us everything you possibly could want to know about anal sex the first time that they came on the show. And then we went into advanced anal this time. It was March 2018. We br- had brought them on. It's been too long. We decided to bring them on back. Because they are incredibly insightful about the human body and its reactions. And how to have sex. And basically, they could teach you how to have sex. I was trying to Not do some, just sex, good sex. I was trying to do some research to prepare for this interview. I logged on to their website, which is pleasuremechanics.com, and I, I took a look at their mindful sex course. I ended up taking the whole fucking course this morning. This is your second time. This is the second time taking it. I love this shit. You okay. can check out our uh, the description of this episode. Click that link. You'll get... I think it's, you get a big discount... Uh, with our link. Yeah. So make sure to click on that and, and, and check out this course. But just so you know, it's not just about mindful sex. We also talk about fantasy. Oh, this episode, we're definitely got deep into the Bill Clinton fantasy. And the, that's the way you like to have an orgasm, whether you like to go deep within or would you like to stay you know, kind of on the shallow end? We also talk about premature ejaculation and erectile dysfunction. Basically, how do you get erect? How do you last longer? How do you stay erect? In for vulva owners, how do you get to that orgasm if that's what you're going for? I, I, really, there is no, there's a little something for everyone. A little something for everyone. I want to just jump in and say thank you to all the people who have left us iTunes reviews. Again, it's hard to find the review page, but once you find it, it's like that elusive orgasm. You're going to be happy you did it. <laughs> it is really, you really helpful. To, you have to go to the iTunes page under, I think it's under the second tab which says reviews ratings and uh, ratings reviews. and reviews just scroll down you'll find it and it's worth it because we will read it out loud and i would like to read one subject line is laughs galore five stars by forest listener this is my favorite podcast exclamation point i've learned so much after discovering these two about three months ago cam and karen lee have wonderful personalities and are not afraid to talk about uncomfortable subjects their banter is funny and honest and always entertaining Through this podcast, I have developed positivity around sex and life in general. Now I'm able to communicate about sex more easily with my partners and friends, and I'm exploring my needs and desires. The guests are informative and hilarious as well. Thank you, Cam and Karen Lee, for your hard work and creativity. You're welcome, Forest Listener. Forest Listener. That is a comprehensive... Beautiful review. Thank you. And I hope to follow I in your, that. I hope to follow in your lead and explore my own needs and desires. I like the fact that yeah, you you went beyond just talking about sex, but talked in in exploring with friends, family, whatever. I love this. That's great. One last thing I want to say: thank you to all of our patrons for supporting us throughout we, these years. It really really means a lot to have that community. That financial support really helps keep the lights on over here. Keeps and what, my lights on and and also keeps his, his food on his table. A little food on my table. Uh if you want to hear some premium bonus content especially with the pleasure mechanics, go to patreon.com/sextalkwithmymom. We recorded a little bonus episode with them and you can check it out there. Only if you're a patron. All right. I think you. I think we're ready, Mother. Are we ready? Let me tell you about the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees and having a little sex allergies. Okay. Okay. You've only used it a few times, so I think... Sexologies? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. Okay. I'll take it. Enjoy. Chris and Charlotte, I'm so excited to welcome you back to the show. Yeah, we are 
so happy to have the cutest couple ever. Mm, the <laughs> We are so happy to be here. Thank you for having us. Oh my gosh. The pleasure mechanics are in the house. Last time we were together, we did a little discussion. It wasn't a little discussion. It was a deep dive into anal. (laughs) No no pun intended. As we tend to do. It was elbow deep. (laughs) In anal. Fist deep. Fist deep for sure. We took our time. We went slowly. Yeah, it was gentle. I learned a ton. And uh, it was March 2018. Mm-hmm. I figured I could start. We could start with a little update. Well, have you practiced any of what you learned on the deep dive? I mm. so I had one. It was actually relatively recently. Nice. I had one shower of exploration. Nice. <laughs> I'm in the shower. I was like, I remember they told me to. Well, actually, what happened? Is this a solo shower? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know if this. Involved. Oh yeah, yeah. It's another significant. Other. Well, so so here's what happened. I, I was uh, cleaning out one of my drawers and I discovered a sex toy that I received from Sex with Emily. Yeah. Mm. It was a, it was a, a pee spot, yeah. a, a prostate massager. And then I he- heard your voices in my head saying, don't use this. Don't just sit on, don't, don't, the first thing you do with your ass, do not just sit on a dildo. <laughs> And so I said, who the hell said that? One of you two. Yeah, you have to seduce your own butthole. Yes. For sure. And so so I decided, all right, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to follow their instructions. I'm going to go in the shower. I'm going to use a little soap. Yeah. Touch around there. See what goes on. Yeah. I'm dying right now. This is hilarious. So I was there. I'm sitting there in like this squat position in my shower. I, you didn't. You never told me what position I should be in. So I was. You like to squat, though. I was squatting as if taking a shit or something mm. like that. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it was. And how to feel? Unusual. Uh huh. Yeah. New. New. Yeah. Very new. Very new. Okay. Nothing went in. Yeah. I what? couldn't get. Yeah. I couldn't get anything yeah. cl- even close to going yeah, in there. Sure. So what exactly were you doing? It Just was like vacuum there. sealed. Okay. <laughs> so you were sitting yeah. there squatting, attempting to do what? I thought it was I expected it to well, open Kat. up like a little <laughs> open sesame my dear you have my number you Ele- could have called us <laughs> elevator door open so two things here one the in the shower self massage using soap that's partly just getting familiar with the area making it not a stranger touching it in a way that's something other than wiping your own ass right uh-huh. like Jack Moran the great sexologist suggests just doing that for all of us just as like getting friendly with your own butthole that's mm. not the same as being aroused uh-huh. and then starting to layer in self touch yes yes so if you had called me in that moment what we would have said <laughs> is okay now you're nice and warm and clean and relaxed from the shower go start masturbating the way you have your whole life like get aroused get warmed up and then introduce self-touch a lubed finger start adding it in on top of arousal that's already happening oh and will i will it just like receive my finger so this brings us into the lesson of the great sphincters, right? So we all have two sphincters, the external <laughs> sphincter, the, the internal sphincter. sphincter. We're diving right in. So. Yeah. And then we're going to, you Wait, know. I'm sorry for interrupting. What were those two types of sphincters? So the asshole has two sphincter muscles. Sphincters are circular muscles. We have them in different parts of our bodies. They open up radially like a circle, right? So the external anal sphincter is under our conscious control. You can flex it. You can do with it right now. Like so we'll do this I'm together. Yeah. Open and close yeah. your yeah. asshole. That's your external Wait, anal how sphincter. Do you know it's a, it feels like a kegel. Of your butt. 
yeah. right? So no, you bring I'm that to the book. It's I, all connected. So that's okay. your pelvic floor right. if one you open and close, right? One of the two is the Kegels um, working. We don't know which one Your is internal annual sphincter about an inch, inch and a half in is not under your conscious control. The body opens it up. Mm. And so that has to be, your body has to feel safe and relaxed and aroused and want to open that up. That is the great secret of anal sex. And once that is open, you can slide in and then you're in the rectum and you're in the inner sanctum and there's no pain. It's when we push past a muscle that is tense, right? You you push past tension. That's when the discomfort and the pain starts with anal sex. So the great key is to stay on external, stay in the arousing zone, keep it pleasurable until the body that is being penetrated opens up and invites you in. With, with because the then there's not beads? a moment of tension. What's that? I, would start I love that we beads. just started here. Hi, hello, everyone. <laughs> nice to meet you. Hi, hello. Can we use anal well, beads? Welcome to our lives as pleasure mechanics. Yeah, just, I, I'm so shy. You're I not meeting Five it. minutes in, we're in the external sphincters. I'm, I'm like fascinated by that idea. I, I knew it. And I, and I understand mm-hmm. it, but I never really thought about it as two different sphincters. I thought they were yeah. all kind of the same Yeah, sphincter. and you feel this really clearly when you go in someone with your fingers, right? Like you can feel the external and you can even have someone clench around you and feel what that looks and feels like. And then as you slide in, you feel that second ring. And when it opens, it's like luscious and inviting and it's, uh, and there's not a moment of discomfort. <laughs> Why it's, are you laughing? Charlotte is dying over here. I just appreciate her like passion for this. Hell yeah. Well, this is an area and we call ourselves pleasure mechanics because we really look at what does our body tell us about pleasure? What is the human body designed to do? Just, you know, like what are our bodies born to do when it comes to sexual pleasure, arousal, fucking and getting fucked and anal sex has gotten such a bad rap it has such a bad pr team it's got the worst rap we see it modeled in porn in a way that's like done in a way that actually hurts if you try to replicate it at home and yet if you do it with a little bit of technique and finesse and compassion to the body part you're touching it can be nothing but pleasure and it just adds arousal on to what you already love and it takes nothing away all right i got um, an idea and it's a range from like a tiny fingertip to that's a fist it asking. doesn't have yeah. to be big so maybe can could try those anal beads that, that graduate. Like it starts with a the tiny finger is way smaller than a bead. No, no, mm-hmm. it, it, it starts with a little tiny one, like a little bigger, 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 bigger like a sort of like it looks like a, a solar system. Love that my mother is encouraging me to try mm-hmm. anal beads right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't so know. I'll take that in. Are they, supposed to, are they supposed to be for men or women or both? But I mean, anal bodies. But I think it's also really important that it's not about size with the ass that that we want to start externally as you were exploring. But a lot of the nerves for sensation are on the external anal sphincter. Mm-hmm. Internally, we feel the the joys of pleasure, of uh, pressure. And so it's a different, oh, it's a different sensation. Um, so it is really valuable just to explore with your finger externally to start with. And j- just to go in with your finger to start with, just a little bit. Well, is it the pinky finger? Any finger that feels comfortable and that you can like get to, you know, but everybody is different. And so what feels comfortable, but your piece about layering in with masturbation. So with pleasure that you already are familiar with is a way that you can like start connecting your neurology. So your body begins to like associate touch Mm. there with pleasure. Because sometimes it feels foreign at the beginning because it's not a part of your body that's really integrated. Yeah. And it's like, what's going on? What's this? And then the more you kind of like just let your body know, this is just a pleasurable thing we're exploring. Mm -hmm. So so should I expect... I'm touching... So (laughs) I'm just trying to picture... Is the first sphincter (sighs) my... Is it... Or the external sphincter, is that the part... Is it... I'm going to have to control that and be like, you got to open it. Open up, buddy. 
and and allow that in there or okay so you don't have to do any of this i just want to be clear no i have to do this <laughs> this is an assignment i've been having i had this assignment in March and i think we should talk about like what is the why here the why is this is a big zone of nerve endings it's of part of your anatomy you can access the internal root of the penis so the why here is just bonus territory for your sexual experience it shouldn't be stressful there's no shoulds here um but yeah, you're is it named buddy he was naming I, it buddy I, just now i named my my <laughs> asshole because you buddy. realize that your grandfather who just passed away that's his name <laughs> then, then, there he is so you named your asshole after i named my, my asshole after my my grandfather very nice that's very nice of you huh? <laughs> yes that will not help it open up in pleasure okay we need to rename it it's a good thing you didn't mention this at the, at the, at the, at the when you gave your eulogy yeah. okay so if i was giving you an erotic experience yeah and I had your cock in one hand, we are arousing you, you're turned on. My other hand would be outside of the anal sphincter, like touching your butt cheeks, gliding around the perineum, right? Which is another way to access the prostate. The perineum is a really awesome place to touch a guy or someone with a penis. And then you go around the butthole and those are external anal sphincter areas, like has tons of nerve endings that are directly linked into your sexual response system. Mm. So By the if way, you that's do this, pretty cool. When you have yeah. a, a vaginal orgasm and you ha- and you you have something in your anus, yes. or yes. a second sphincter or whatever, yeah. yes. that also starts having um, vibrations and convulsions and whatever. Right. And exactly. so does like when it's you have that eagles. like when you exactly. add this area, your arousal expands a little bit, your orgasms feel different. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so it's no different on bodies yeah. with penises. Um, and then what w- would naturally start to happen as that arousal built, as that touch on the external anal sphincter felt good, and the techniques that we offer, you know, they follow the anatomy in that you're doing circles, you're doing light stretches in four directions, and the body starts opening up to the touch. Mm. So that you don't even have to worry about opening or closing. It's not even a question. It's just like receive the sensation of the touch being offered. Gotcha. One of my favorite ways to touch people here is just like a loose fist. <laughs> so yeah. you give them something to grind against. And it's oh. just that pressure on that whole pelvic floor. And as you're stimulating their genitals, they have just like pressure and a lubed hand to like move and slide against. And there's no agenda there. It's not something poking into your ass. Mm-mm. And then if you like have a nice thumb moving around and this all comes from the anal massage tradition. So this can all be like on a massage table, totally relaxed. Oh, the anal massage tradition. Yes. I like that tradition. Yes. It's like tradition. Tradition. Just to close up this question that my friend had. Yeah. So he was mainly interested in whether prostate massage will lead to orgasm in itself and ejaculation by as a result or if typically there needs to be some penile stimulation as well for some people some of the time mm-hmm. and other times and other people will have different yeah. experiences like yes that is possible and other things are possible too well it's fascinating yeah. here so for most people erotic play you'll integrate touching the penis touching the prostate to get to the prostate you're often like going on the external anal sphincters first so in that way we're talking about lighting up the entire sexual system at once some people for different kinds of fun do what they call prostate milking mm. um oh yeah what where, is milking the prostate 
Um, so that would be prostate stimulation to release fluid without arousal and orgasm. Oh. So there's a way of touching the prostate. So some people like to play with like chastity control, cock and ball torture, orgasm control and denial, right? This is more in like the BDSM world. Mm -hmm. This is definitely Um, advanced courses here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do not teach this. So I'm just mentioning it as like there's this way of treating the prostate to like release fluids. Uh Um, What we're talking about is... Is that like squirting for a female? Right, it's really fascinating. There's this whole corollary process that happens in vulvas, right? Um, Yeah, so the prostate glands releases fluid that combines with fluid from the testicles on the ejaculation. And the prostate gland wants to be expressed every few... Like, it's healthy to ejaculate partly because it flushes the glands with fresh fluid. It brings fresh blood flow to the area. Um, and so if you're not having regular ejaculations, sometimes you still leak a little fluid and that's the glands just pushing fluid out. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, We're just we, like diving right into the anatomy, like, the pleasure. <laughs> We're in it. It's sort of like squirting from men. Yeah, no, exactly. Like yeah. we all have the process of orgasm. We all have the process of ejaculation. We have a different configuration of the anatomy that does these things in our bodies. Yeah, we're not so different. We're more alike than different. Um, But what's funny to me as a sex educator is the guys want to come and learn ejaculation control, how not to ejaculate. A lot of people with vulvas want to learn how to ejaculate. And what's interesting to me is how do we all just learn how to build arousal, have different kinds of orgasms, like play with the sexual system we have as it is. Yes. You know, it's always changing. When you mentioned the gay guys, when I was working in a gay bar, um, I remember the guys would come up to me and said, you know, the only one who's going to really know how to please uh, another person is someone who has the same sex organs. Mm. And I'm like, okay, so that means I have to turn gay in order (laughs) to please myself as best as I, I mean, is that what? I think you learn how to please by paying attention. Well, isn't that what you're saying? You can pay attention to anybody. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Hell yes. (laughs) I mean, there's orgasm gaps, right? And lesbians have one of the lowest orgasm gaps, meaning when two vulva owning people calling themselves lesbians have sex, they're more likely to both have an orgasm than a woman having sex with a man. I don't think that's because a woman intuitively knows what women want. It's because we're off script and sex with a woman doesn't mean penis and vagina intercourse. Yeah. And this is what I mean about getting off script is like you can be with people of any variety and do any variety of activities if you're not on a performance script. Could we talk a little about... Um, yes. We can talk about anything, Cam. <laughs> Could we, I, orgasm <laughs> keeps coming up. Uh-huh. And we often get the question for women, it's I either I can't orgasm, I never orgasm before, it takes me forever to orgasm. Uh, maybe we start there. Anything? Do you guys know the? Is there a specific reason why someone might not be able to achieve orgasm? I think there are so many, and it's so personal. But there's practice. We need to practice the technique. We need to get to know our body. We need to integrate our vulva um, into our experience and get comfortable with pleasing ourselves there can be shame for all sorts of reasons and Mm. it's like unpacking that and moving beyond that um there can be not feeling like we're worthy of experiencing pleasure or all of those concerns about like am i taking too long all those things get in the way for people um and then there's just practice well, yeah. not to mention that when, when you're talking about orgasm, you're talking about during penis and vagina intercourse. Or are you talking about solo and we're masturbation? we're bypassing the clitoris. It could be solo. Um, yeah. So when someone writes to me and says, I'm having trouble orgasm, the first question is, do you mean solo or partnered or both? Mm. 
with or without toys or both, right? There's this kind of way of doing a flow chart where we try to identify where the issue is. Ah. Is it an issue of interest? Like I have no interest in getting turned on. I don't feel very connected to my sexuality. Is it an issue with building arousal? So like I can get interested, but then arousal builds to this point and then kind of just gets stuck and I can't kind of cross that threshold into orgasm Mm -hmm. territory. Um, Is it an issue with stimulation? Like I'm just not getting the right kind of stimulation at the right intensity for long enough. Is it an issue of distraction? Which so for a lot of people, it's just freaking distraction and stress. And that's where there's a lot of interventions. So once we know kind of and have the language, because just I can't get turned on and have an orgasm, that's not enough. Yeah, yeah. How about this? You have to know where your vagina is. Yeah, and your clitoris. Is. Yeah, you have to know. You have to see what it looks like yeah. in the mirror. Yeah, know what you're made. So of. many people haven't even looked at it. Right, and it's like bizarre to me. But I mean, mm. not that I sit there and look at it all day or anything. But the fact that <laughs> some people don't even know their basic anatomy, and you can't expect people to have ESP who you're with, as to what turned you on. Mm. You got to figure that out first before someone else can figure it out. And if you're not okay. comfortable with your own parts and being naked and being touched then a lover very rarely can swoop in and create that comfort for you yeah that's Mm -hmm. exactly what i was trying to Um, say yeah and so but how how do we get comfortable if we've had a relationship with it in the past that hasn't been pleasurable like if we aren't there yet at 35 or 40 um and recently i was in dialogue with a woman and she couldn't get to the mirror right like she was disgusted by the idea of a vulva um, and she started more, and I told her, get beyond what it looks like and start getting into feeling it, right? We need to feel this as part of our body, how it is fits in with the rest of our body. Um, and once she started feeling it and just like having a hand there and that being okay, and then her partner's hand could be there okay, it's like these baby steps. And it took six months, and she subscribed to different Instagram accounts to get kind of a positive association going. And it's then six months later, story. I hear her, and yeah. she's getting cunnilingus, right? Wow. And it's like... Great. So she, but you have to kind of like do the baby steps. A lot of this isn't um, uh, easy in a culture that doesn't set us up for like sexual ease and comfort and fluency in our lives, right? It's hard enough to talk about, let alone put into our bodies. So anybody can eventually have an orgasm. It's just a question of how to get there. Yeah, I mean, most bodies, right? Like there are medical issues that will make orgasm more elusive, but orgasm is also not pleasure, right? So the umbrella of sexual pleasure, of mm. arousal, of turn on, that is a really fun arena to explore. And then orgasm is a specific event within it. So if you, right, like orgasm is just one biological function within this arena of erotic pleasure that's mm-hmm. available to us. Um, so for some people, the more pressure that's put on orgasm, the harder it is. And then we say just like broaden out, focus on what feels good, keep building on the pleasure that's available to you and learn how to stay present, learn how to manage your distractions, right? Like we work on other erotic skills and then sometimes orgasm just can flow out of that. Mm. Other times there's very specific skills to learn how to stay in that moment, build arousal and get that orgasm. And I've been thinking of this a lot, like what is the function of orgasm? Orgasm is a great hinge moment in the body that takes you from excitement into uh, savoring, right? So from like excitement into joy, Mm, it creates a cascade of hormones. A little fireworks, Um, if you will. Yeah, but it's, and it's just one event that is possible for us that you can play with. 
Um, but it's one ride on the amusement park. Oh, mm-hmm. right. it's a destination, not necessarily the yeah. journey. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm always fascinated by after an orgasm that yeah. if mm-hmm. if both parties orgasm, the communication is so vastly mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. sometimes than mm-hmm. afterwards than before. Well, one person mm-hmm. falls asleep. Do you experience <laughs> a deep refractory? Period? So after your smoke? ejaculation, do you um, like cascade into a sleepiness? Uh, pulling away from intimacy like how do you experience the post-orgasmic mode no it's usually usually i come very quickly uh-huh. uh, like one or two times then uh-huh. the third time can i can end up not that long refractory period luckily uh-huh. between the yeah and then the third time i can usually go a little longer uh-huh. and then afterwards i'm yeah i'm kind of amazed at uh we're kind of in that trance like state that you guys talk yeah. about yeah yeah mm. and that's where a lot of the joy is like that's where a lot of the kind of fun easy sexy time is and it's not necessarily that like you know four to eight seconds of the orgasm yeah so yeah. it's not like you have sex yeah. and then you just turn the tv on and yeah. I, ignore each other i remember dating <laughs> someone and i was like i was dating this person i was like i just we're not connecting mm. comedically Hmm. We do not find each other funny whatsoever. <laughs> hmm. I'm I'm ma- I'm lobbing these jokes at her. There's nothing uh-huh. that's falling on deaf ears. Yeah, she's trying to joke or something, and I is not finding funny at all. Or maybe she's not even joking. Does that know. usually correlate with erotic compatibility for you? A romantic, maybe. Uh huh. Hmm. So after yeah. we have sex, we orgasm. Suddenly, we're on the same page. Uh-huh. We're laughing our faces off. Yeah, interesting. I what, couldn't what's believe that it. hormone again. Well, you got oxytocin going. Oxytocin, baby. You got dopamine going, which is like the bonding hormone. Yeah. This is orgasm, sex. It's a social bonding function. It's like it's meant to bring us closer and make us care about each other and laugh at each other's stupid jokes and feel good about that. I love this. And (laughs) and can we bring it? So in your course, in the Mindful Sex course. Cam's got a notebook going, (laughs) pen, paper. I love this. There should be a comedy club experiment where everyone comes first <laughs> and then comes the and be see how it feels but they may right? be sleepy too they might get them exhausted you know, i don't know passing I, out you don't you don't pass out i Cam? think there is something about that little sleepiness mm-hmm. that makes it you you let down your defenses because you can't really mm-hmm. hold them up anymore <laughs> i love it anyway this you talk about this, this would this. be a great cruise like a 24-hour <laughs> comedy a thon with fuck breaks <laughs> yeah I, I, this is a good I, I might, if I, any cruise sponsors are listening <laughs> yes they are available for on ship entertainment <laughs> hell yes just like with sex toys you want to be careful with what you put on or in your body and that's why we're sponsored by native deodorant you don't want to put shit under your armpits like aluminum parabens talc it's all bad shit and native deodorant doesn't contain any of that Instead, they have very natural ingredients like coconut oil, shea butter, and tapioca starch. And it all smells good, which is what you want under your pits. I have been on the search for quality natural deodorants. Oh, I know. You researched the shit out of that stuff. And I've tried them. And most of them make me smell worse than my BO. But this one, native, it works. They have a no-risk trial. So all you got to do is you know, buy it. If you don't like it, you can return it or exchange it in the USA. Can they had 9,000 five-star reviews. So for 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and use promo code MOM, M-O-M. Nativedeodorant.com, use promo code MOM. 
What is your question, Cam? So, so we talked about... The that was such a mum moment, by the way. That was <laughs> I just got redirected. I, w I was shamed and redirected and yelled at. Okay. No shame in this game, my dear. So you talk about in your course the three modes of erotic engagement. Mm. Mm. Ooh, yes. Yeah. And I thought this was phenomenal. Mm. Uh, so mm, they're on the same page. They're coming together on the couch. Yes. The Any minute we're going to get a demonstration here. <laughs> so it seems like these are three mm. modes... You can almost look at it like three reasons to have sex mm -hmm. or things you can get out of sex. Can you go into that a little bit? Mm. Yeah, so this is one of these um, theories that comes to us from sexology, and it's talking about kind of three modes through which we engage in sexual experience with other people. So there's partner engagement, which is that I, thou... I'm in this for our shared experience. Like you and I are merging into something bigger than either one of us. Yes. Romantic kind of engagement. There's role enactment. And this one gets really misunderstood because people confuse it with role play. But role enactment is when you are fulfilling a script in order to receive like a social reward. And most sex is in this mode, is if we're really honest with it. Like, I'm in the role of wife, you're in the role of husband. We're having sex to seek certain rewards. I'm in the role of doctor nurse. <laughs> right, and role enactment, like role play is a definitely, yeah, it's, uh, it's an exaggerated form of role enactment. Yeah. Oh, interesting. But we also have to take things like husband, wife, girlfriend, like I am a sexy girl out on the town, you are a guy at the club. We're going to like be in that role and our sex play, like our erotic engagement comes out of kind of like fulfilling that role together. Wow. It's a trippy one to think of. And then the third one And it's is, really based on scripts. Like we were talking about scripts earlier. Like social scripts. When we are honest about sexuality, a lot of it is seeking social reward, right? Like yes. belonging, kinship, like feeling good and close and belonging to people. Um, it's subtle sometimes, and sometimes but it it's real. And it's not invalid, right? Like role doesn't mean fake. It can be really authentic. And you can get a lot of rewards out of sex. I think sometimes it can also be driven by, a, from a very egotistical place. A hundred percent. And, and yeah. when I find myself going in that mode, I'm yeah. like, what are we even doing this for? Why? What's the yeah. whole, like, what are, so I'm going to, I somehow had sex with this hot person. So now suddenly I feel much better about myself. Mm. That's a garbage reason to have sex. But a very common one. Very common one. Yeah. Yeah. But it's my, about performance. Among yeah. my fuckboy friends, that's, fuck boy, that is the reason. They got yeah. the they got the notches on those bedposts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, I, I never understood. I felt the pressure mm -hmm. always to do this, and I never understood why. Why are we doing that? Mm -hmm. Well, we so, also use sex to validate like gender, like you're more of a man, you have more social power and clout, which are all like really motivating things in this culture. Like it's... It's valid, and that one is really socially influenced by the culture you're in. Yeah. What sex acts create rewards versus punishment. The oh, third mode of engagement is erotic trance. And this is the one that I think a lot of people crave but don't know how to ask for or access on purpose. And that's the mode where you're using sex to just go inwards, feel sensation in your body, and go into an altered state of consciousness for a little while, alone or together, to Wait, slip away. Wait, why are you away. looking at me? I, I think that's very interesting. I wanted yeah. to share that with you. Yeah, I, I wonder like, if you identify like the, the, the ability to slip away into a world of sensation where the rules are different, you're not paying attention to things, and you're kind of in like an altered state of consciousness. I mean, you can't, I can't really have an orgasm unless I'm in that consciousness. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It has to get there. It's some, I mean, you can still be in your doctor 
patient mode mm-hmm. but you also have to be able to be like i'm all just focusing on me right now mm-hmm. i cannot focus on anything else except this orgasm has to happen this is the pillow princess i'm the pillow princess <laughs> I, I admit it you like being done receiving well i like both but especially uh-huh. like it i just got called that from one of my friends who's mm-hmm. uh in the sex education business nina hartley um <laughs> but yeah i i i feel like i can't have an orgasm and just focus on someone else at the same time it's you know right. i can kind of i can get there a little bit but most of it at the end has to be in that altered state yes where you're kind of turning inwards yeah. into the sensation right yes and, and this marijuana is helps that by the way fuck yeah <laughs> this is, i was gonna yeah. ask about that sure like this is placement of attention right when we're having sex in a script often our attention is like am i doing it good enough does i look good enough am i what they want like where is your mind during sex? What mm-hmm. are you focused on? And if we're honest about that, what we're focusing our attention on sometimes are not the most arousal building things. No way. But if we have the ability to tune inwards, to focus your attention on the arousal as it's building, there's no shortage of pleasure in this world, right? There's no shortage of pleasure to be experienced. We have to learn how to receive it, how to experience it. And it seems like maybe you learned young. Like I see all Me? these rock posters yeah. oh, on yeah. the wall. Like you, I learned real young. Mm-hmm. No, not that young. I mean, is it is not it, like learned long? Like you know, like but like you learned how to tune into your body and feel and receive pleasure in all these different ways. When we, when my generation was, it was like in the late seventies, eighties. It was all we didn't have to worry about AIDS. It was all about pleasure. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot, a lot of people learned. I mean, there were still friends of mine who were uptight and couldn't mm-hmm. do it. Couldn't take a shower with a guy. But I guess I I just was very comfortable with my body and uh, enjoyed sex for sex. Mm. What do you find the most distracting? Like if something's taking you out of the experience, what is it likely to be? My phone ringing. (laughs) That would do it. My my son deciding to call me about a podcast idea. Was this last night? No, no. Last night she screamed my call. I did screen your call, but I was in the middle of a movie. That is different. No, I I think like if I if I'm like into the mood, Mm -hmm. I'm about quality, not quantity. So Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just like I'm present. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it may not happen all that often, but when I'm there, I'm there. Same thing with massage. So yeah. this is in the modes of engagement. The other axis we look at is depth of engagement. So in any of these modes, you can be kind of shallowly engaged and easily oh. distracted, or you can learn to go deeper. And the deeper you're engaged, you know, the more that is available to you. But also, you know, these are the times you're making love, and there could be a kitchen fire, and you'd barely notice. Yeah, right. Well, you're I in set the up moment. the whole experience to be completely about that bulletproof I mean, we got light we got the candles going we got the lubes yeah. around we got sex toys around we got all kinds of extra toys and things oh around God. i make that room a day painting the picture <laughs> for you a little sex den I've we got the fuck this. blanket i got everything going <laughs> jesus fuck everything blanket. oh yeah it's a fuck blanket so they, that was another who, who was it that gave us sexy lifestyle sexy lifestyle yeah. gave us a fuck blanket I, did you even open yours no in oh. the package in podcast the pa- perks <laughs> Ours has had some mileage put on it. Oh, but the, the point is that if I'm in the, if I get myself, and, and I also, have, if I smoke a hit of weed, if I get myself in that mood, there's nothing stopping me from really enjoying myself. Can I ask about I, that I, weed? Even with That's or without awesome. a partner, by the way. That's great. I love that. So in your mindful sex course, you don't mention weed. However, mm-hmm. I guess it depends on the person. Uh, but do you find that it enhances your mindfulness or does it kind of make it a different situation? 
I think that it enhances the sensation and then the experience of the sensation so that you are focused. It's easier to focus exclusively on sensation and it can like dull some of the mental distractions mm. for some people. Hence for some people, some for some people, time. yeah. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is the answer a lot with sex is for some people, some of the time. Yeah. And, you know, with weed, the fun thing about legalization and... Um, it becoming more regulated now as we can track different strains and how different terpenes affect different people. Like I go right in there. I go to the dispensary. Give me one that gives me good sex. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> they have just, oh, they have just break down they, all what the What do barriers. they recommend? What? Uh, like, I, I don't know. I have to go look up the different strains mm, that I purchased. Their number mm-hmm. is what, usually what they... <laughs> they're numbered. They're labeled. No, um, their phone number is my, my bad joke. But again, like with orgasm, like what do you need as an individual to get there? Do you need to be relaxed? Do you need to feel a little more excited, a little more awake? Do you need to feel more sensation, right? And weed is just one tool and we well, can't overfocus on it. Casual sex versus a lot. If you're in a relationship, it, I think to me, it's easier to get there. Mm-hmm. Then if you're in, it's like a one night stand or something, then you're going to be a little more like self-conscious or you might not have the ability to communicate with your partner what you would actually need because you don't really know this person that well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Totally. And then, but also for some people, it will make them, the the novelty will have them be really focused on the present moment. That's true too. And like everything is kind of in sharp focus. And it's easier to ask a stranger to spank you than your husband sometimes, right? So Or the opposite. Yeah, exactly. For some people, some of the time. (laughs) Yes. This is, and uh, you know, I think this is a service that podcasts and conversations like this can offer is to normalize people's experiences. Like you have to find what works for you in your current context and then expect it to change. Mm. Yeah. And listen up anybody over the age of 40. Right. Or who just became a mother or who, Mm -hmm. you know, had different surgery. 61 years old and up. What, what? Which is wonderful. Like the fact that sex is constantly changing, our interests, our needs are constantly changing, keeps it alive and awake. Mm. And you can't get bored if you're actually paying attention. Um, But we need to have permission and tools to be able to ask these questions of ourselves. What would feel good right now? What do I want right now? It's a really challenging question to actually sink into and start naming, let alone start asking out loud, Mm -hmm. like what you want and what you desire and what you need um whether that's specific touch or specific kinds of erotic energy or just a specific support in your life specific kinds of relationships what about watching porn when you're having sex right will that turn you on or will that distract you does that take you deeper into the experience or does it take you out of it or do you like just Um, listening to it but not actually watching it like mm -hmm. finding the nuances that are going to work for you is it certain kinds of porn like a lot of a lot of a lot of women like to watch gay male porn and then some people have funny feelings about that but it feels easier and simpler for them to to just mm-hmm. feel the eroticism, not deal with the gender dynamics mm. and be distracted mm-hmm. by that. You know, it's like there's so many different ways. Like sex is a choose your own adventure in every moment. And we have to be paying attention to our own feelings and our own desires and our own interest and our own turn offs and ons. And the more we can pay attention to that, the more we can really direct our experience and have something that feels deeply fulfilling. Question. Yeah. What about how does fantasy play into all this? Like my mom and I have had this debate since day one of the podcast. Guess what side of the fence I'm on? <laughs> You're pro, <laughs> pro fantasy. If, if <laughs> she's sitting up. there imagining her boyfriend is Bill Clinton, mm-hmm. no, not necessarily. If she is, yeah. hypothetically speaking, is mm-hmm. that not mindful? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a great question. 
I look at it through the lens of what is what you're focusing on taking you deeper into the experience or taking you out? Mm. Are you amplifying something? Or are you trying to endure something by ejecting your consciousness? Oh, right. There's a I way like we it. can use fantasy to escape the moment and pretend like it's not happening and like dull sensation, like escape, right? When Dissociate. I'm thinking about Bill ain't dull. Exactly. <laughs> Not the not, not dull at all. Right. And sometimes, like we use our minds and our power of imagery and imagination to light ourselves up and to activate, and that amplifies the moment. Yeah. Um, most people, when we've done surveys over the years, um, report not minding their partners fantasizing during partnered sex, but sometimes there are boundaries there. So yeah. fantasize about Bill Clinton, but not about Bill from work that might be a boundary for your partner. And if you can be honest about these things um, and have these kind of conversations with curiosity, like what do you think about fantasizing during partnered sex? Then you can go fully into it without that worry and guilt. Mm. Why, why would you have to tell your fantasies to anyone? You wouldn't have to, but some people like to have consent with their partner that they've both given agreement mm -hmm. that that's a fine thing within the context of their sex life. Mm -hmm. Whereas like some, in some couples, one person might feel really like deeply hurt and offended and sad by that. I Whereas find, somebody that, else I find would be, that to be uh, very insecure. Excuse mm -hmm. me. What? I'm talking to a guy right here over that, that feels that way sometimes. But this also goes back to the modes of engagement, right? Because if one person is looking for partner engagement and wants to look in your eyes and be like right there with you and say, I'm here for you. Tell me my name. Like, I love you. You're so beautiful. And someone wants to close their eyes and slip into fantasy. It's good for both people to have the language for that. So when you want that partner connection, you can ask for it. And when you want to slip away, you can be like, baby, I love you. Like, keep doing what you're doing and close your eyes and be in it. And your partner knows that. And maybe they don't <laughs> even have to know the details of your fantasy. And, and bring that cigar mm -hmm. next time, honey. <laughs> But I know you're there. Like, Bill? <laughs> it's really nice to know where my partner is focusing their attention so I know where to focus mine. Because if they don't want me up in their face being like, hey, baby, hey, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, then I won't be there. I'll be between their thighs, mm. right? But if they want that eye contact, if they want to be told, I'm here with you, I've got you, like it's okay, like you can be, you know, like that is a different kind of sex. Mm -hmm. um, and if we can ask for it for when we need it, it can be deeply fulfilling. But so all I, this I is don't want people specific. to listen to this yeah. and think, well, I have to go telling my partner, mm -hmm. if I want this deep, meaningful, mindful sex, I have to tell my partner mm -hmm. who I'm fantasizing about. And I feel mm -hmm. like there's some private areas that even uh -huh. if I'm having a mindful experience, I don't uh -huh. want to, I don't necessarily yeah. want to tell them. How about the uh -huh. conversation about that? What even opening that? the conversation, do you feel like you need to know about my fantasies? I do not feel like that it's f fair to even ask that. What? Uh -huh. I don't think. I think there's. Certain, you don't want to get on the same page. I as understand. The I understand the concept of being faithful in terms of your commitment that you made for each other, but I don't believe that fantasy is part of that commitment. I think fantasy uh -huh. should be a, a free and easy. I think it would uh -huh. enhance the intimacy if you it might have enhance, that conversation. It might enhan enhance the intimacy, uh -huh. but if. The person gets really, oh, poor me. I, I'm, you know, I'm with someone who's fantasizing about Bill Clinton. Well, that's, that, I'm sorry. <laughs> but if they're not, if they're like, yeah, go and fantasize about whatever, uh -huh. you might feel like, oh, wow, this is a badass I won't be uh -huh. with someone who Partner. wouldn't think it's okay for me to fantasize. And would it be hot for you if they were like, take it in turn? Do you know what I mean? If they like slipped into your Hell fantasy yeah. and amplified it. You cannot believe what goes on with the conversations. Uh -huh. My <laughs> 
So I'm that requires you. you sharing your fantasy if they're going to play along. Well, it's, it's not sharing a fantasy. It's like acting out a reality. Yeah. <laughs> and this <laughs> is where we talk about fantasy versus desire, right? The fantasy, the realm of the imagination, anything is possible. Desire is I want it to happen in my real life. And for some people, fantasy, they fantasize about things they don't want to happen. And yes. so they don't oh. want to share it because it's like, I don't want to tell you that I'm fantasized about being grabbed in the park or being penetrated by an octopus or whatever. Because like, <laughs> I don't actually want to have sex with an octopus. Yeah, yeah. But in my fantasy life, that's hot. And that can be the deepest private realm. And that's beautiful. Like, we all have those right. inner sanctums. What edges of that might want to be shared is different for different people. Well, and you yeah. also maybe want to fantasize. Say I was fantasizing about an old lover. Uh-huh. And I then I go ahead and share that with my yeah. partner. He might be butthurt because yeah. like, well, and then it strikes a little, mm-hmm. well, maybe she still wants that old yeah. lover. When in fact, I just was happy with the fantasy. Yeah. So I just keep that shit to myself. <laughs> I think that's valid. I think you know, that's valid. No, no need to stir up trouble uh-huh. <laughs> when it doesn't belong there. I, as your lover, would want to know where you are, not in detail, but what your folk, like, are you, am I just giving to you when you're going into trance? Or are we doing this together? Or are we like going for a specific? It's nice to have kind of a, an intention when you go into sex and not in like this, like, let's sit down and burn a candle and set an intention. But like, what do you want out of this? How can I serve you? What are we going for together? Um, and some of this language just helps people kind of sort that out. I, you know, I'm very similar to are you. you a Pisces? Way. Sagittarius, yeah. I'm very Taurus. I'm very Pisces. (laughs) Hello from LA. Hello from (laughs) From LA. LA. (laughs) Yes, I I am very similar to you, Chris, in in this way, and it makes casual sex very challenging for me because Mm. I I don't know if this person is on this like is on the same page to have Mm. these types of conversations. Mm. So I just kind of only will hook up with people that I really trust, Mm -hmm. and this, and I feel like sometimes it's. I don't have that robust of a sex life as a result of this because I'm very, very, very selective on who I open up to in that way. But you have the sex life you want to be having. No, and quality exactly. over <laughs> quantity. Not exactly. No, Wait. no, no, no. That, Sh- was, a, that was a call for help. Do you, do you agree help. with Chris about the fantasy and disclosing fantasy? Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's also a lot of room for exploring all of your fantasies solo and then like having conversations about what what the desired boundaries are within your partnered relationship um, and like talking about if you want to act them out or I, I yeah, I because I feel like I want to know what I'm, where your energy is, where my lover's energy is when we're having sex. So like, are you thinking about somebody else? The truth of the matter is I just think it's all fun and I don't care. We're very playful mm. people. Mm, so I think it depends great. if you're a playful person or if you're like a deep, like, yeah, but if you, that's how we're compatible. I, I think. think there's a misunderstanding here though. No, I'm I not think saying, they're not. No, I'm not saying all fantasy is bad. I know I'm you're not. saying, is it important even to discuss whether you're going to be fantasizing? You don't need to share the actual fantasy. But you could just discuss with the partner, okay, sometimes I'm going to be in this other alternative mm-hmm. alternate mind state. Mm-hmm. That's hmm. the point. I, I, I guess if you've got an ADD mind like mine, you don't know where your mind's going to go ahead of time. Mm-hmm. You, know, you may start out with one intention and it may go somewhere, uh, somewhere in the other. So but, how's this for a truce? What I would like to say there <laughs> is... There is no right and wrong. How's that? It's almost like a safe word, like you know, if you start slipping away and I have a sense of you not being present with me, I might check in and just be like, you good, baby, you happy. That's awesome. And want a check in so I know they're not dissociating, right? Because fantasy can look a lot like 
disassociating because right. of trauma. Right. And so if you want to know your partner's present, want to know where they're at, that is really valid. And that's also part of active consent when it's not this long-term relationship, although consent's important there too. Um, so Charlotte is someone that loves trance. And so she will like slip into trance. She goes on a flight journey. <laughs> I, had, I, I had a feeling about that. I child. can pay attention to her. And sometimes I'll notice so like her energy slips. I'm paying attention enough to notice. I'll slow things down and just kind of be like, you good? It doesn't have to be this long conversation. You good? And she nods and I know she's where she wants to be. Oh, wow. But if she's distracted and she's like, fuck I realize my mom's coming home in an hour with our daughter <laughs> oh. and like we actually have to wrap this up and like maybe she's actually distracted about something that needs to be attended to um, however yeah. the, your good thing can be a very annoying thing <laughs> are, you okay? are you okay are you okay are you okay also you, really annoying did I totally. tell you this already no but oh, I'm with you on the this happened to me with uh, yeah. an ex in the past yeah. and it was like you, you okay you good uh, mm-hmm. I'm good mm-hmm. you okay yeah. yeah. Okay. Still okay. Right. That's you an t- anxious ask. It's the most yeah, annoying yeah, thing yeah. ever, yeah. though, because every time I'm going somewhere, I hear, are you okay? Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay. So you like erotic trance and you want to stay in that zone. I stay yeah. You don't want to be distracted. You can okay. also use hand motions. I feel like I really oh, like to use like hand motions. Diet. Like, okay. Increase the, <laughs> increase the pressure, decrease the pressure. Yeah. Uh, if, if you like to be in an erotic trance and want to stay there. State. Yeah. But all of that requires us paying attention to each other, right? And a lot of us are having sex. We're in performance mode. We're in the script mode. We're not actually paying attention to each other. Or we're anxious and we don't. A lot of this doesn't become an issue if we're paying deep attention to one another. We're in the moment together. We're noticing one another's bodies. um, We're following the arousal. Um, So kind of, you know, where your mind is at is a big part of it. If your partner is on the same page or not um, matters to people, but a lot of it is about slaying distractions mm. because this ability that these two wonderful, wonderful people in the room have. <laughs> You're pointing at both of us. To go deep dreamers. into the erotic state of be present with you know multiple orgasms. Like a lot of people don't have those <laughs> skills. They get easily distracted. They slip away from the experience. Oh, they yeah. can't be present. They finally have an opportunity to have sex, yes. right? And then the anxiety spikes. I think you're t- speaking my language over here. <laughs> you know, and you start <laughs> like... And that is also really common. Yeah. Yeah. And that is stressful. You're like, you know, you finally have an opportunity to have something you want to have that you spend a lot of energy into wanting, mm-hmm. and then you're not able to like it. Yes. Right? Wanting and liking are two different things. So staying present in your body as arousal builds, it turns out, is a different skill set than being mindfully calm. We had a lot of questions mm. this week in particular about premature ejaculation. Mm-hmm. I'm not asking for my own sake, okay? Mm-hmm. I happen to be interested mm-hmm. in the answer as well. Mm-hmm. I was not but, assuming that. <laughs> no, I mean, obviously. You guys. Anyway, so <laughs> it is one idea that I've toyed with. Okay, you come quickly. Just that's a wonderful way to come. Mm-hmm. Just come quickly, accept it. And, mm-hmm. But it seems, it, it, obviously, you said there's no shortage of arousal. Mm-hmm. There's a shortage of arousal. It's a of arousal mm-hmm. when you come immediately and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. God, that was it? A whole night of romance? And then this is, you know, come on. Mm-hmm. It, so, and then there's the edging technique. Do you have any other things or were those pretty much it that are... I feel like beginning to practice with the deep, relaxed breath mm-hmm. is going to be really important for the premature ejaculators mm-hmm. out there. Because this is where the anxiety is making everything go quicker and feel tense and 
you don't feel like there's an, an abundance of totally. arousal. And mm -hmm. so beginning to train your body, just be like, I'm excited. Yes, I'm excited. Let me calm myself down. And so you're, and in those taking deep breaths, you're just like letting your body know that everything's okay. Yeah. Just chill out a little bit. Are you breathing? Words, yeah. Oh, I could, oh yeah. I'm trying to breathe. Trying to catch Because we'll breath. hold our breath, right? We'll totally. hold our breath because we're like tense and, yes. and this is an important moment and I got to do this right. right. And and I'm like, don't come, don't come, don't come, don't yeah. come. And if I yeah. if I allow myself to actually feel the sensation, oh, then I'm definitely coming. That's <laughs> my, what I'm thinking. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so this is where your container is too small. Mm. Um, so when our arousal <laughs> is tried to just You're not talking be contained about it. in the genitals, right? Like if our idea uh -huh. of arousal and where we feel the turn on is kind of tense and our whole body gets tense and we focus all the attention right on the genitals, it can be what we my mentor calls balloon sex, right? It, it feels good, feels good, and then it pops. Yep. And then it's going to... Every time balloon sex. Right. So, and that can happen to a woman too. Right. Yeah, right. Totally. So I part hate. of totally. breathing yeah. and part of breathing with like a relaxed pelvic floor, starting to open up your pelvic muscles, um, starting to move a little more, feel into your whole body is your whole body becomes the container for your erotic energy. Mm. And so you might be generating a lot of the sensation still at the penis um, or the clitoris or wherever you're focusing on. But that energy, the sensation is going to travel and move and can be contained through your entire body and perhaps beyond. Mm. And then you get into kind of what I call like hot air balloon, right? It's where it's like infinitely capable of expanding into pleasure hmm. and as you generate you have a sense of being able to be relaxed while being aroused hmm. this is really important is focusing on does your whole body get tense do your thigh muscles get tense um because oh, yeah. you know because this can sound kind of woo, -woo. Oh, like yeah. we are not woo woo people i'm actually like a really practical science-minded person um, but what I noticed when we did years of erotic massage and we were getting to watch this in thousands of bodies, you notice the patterns. And when all of the muscles tense and often people's stomach muscles tense, yep. sensation literally doesn't travel. Oh, wow. I or see. Or stop, take away sensation from touching your penis and like thump your body like remember oh, that you wow. have the rest of your body like <laughs> massage the rest play of your body your nipples, like play like, the, like squat do whatever just like remind yourself that you have an entire body and then go back to touching your cock later yeah that's and like, interesting because you know you're yeah. intuitive you're uh -huh. like oh i'm gonna focus all my attention in the place that it seems to be the most important part right now right. in that the part that that she's usually showing mm -hmm. attention to right mm -hmm. now yeah so in in and we get into a frenzy. Like we start noticing it feels good. And we're like, we'll just do it faster and more, more, more. Yes. It's this frenzy of attention because it comes from this scarcity. Like we just, have this moment, got to go into it, got to make it happen. Yep. What happens if we show up at that moment with this just relaxed curiosity of like, how good can we make each other feel? Yeah. Pretend you're in a silent meditation. Yeah. When Charlotte was an erotic masseuse for years. And so she would be, you know, doing 50 minute sessions, hour long sessions. And for those guys that would get really tense and close to ejaculation, she had to learn how to read those patterns and start shifting attention oh, wow. to the nipples, to the neck, get them to, to the relax chest, and breathe mm -hmm. to the legs. Um, and this is where you just move. Yeah. If you're in a partnered situation, you just move the energy away from the cock to the rest of the body. So through I touch, was talking about through teasing, solo, but partnered. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just like asking for massage on the whole rest of your body. Again, just bringing attention to the rest mm -hmm. of your body so you can feel the sensation, feel the erotic energy moving in the mm -hmm. rest of your body. 
mm-hmm. and then and return it's, to it's the, the opposite then i guess with when you, if you're like with a woman who has trouble orgasm because it takes or a long time. It could be time. a man. Mm-hmm. Or a man. Or, or a yeah. penis. Yeah. Or, you know? But I'm just thinking yeah. in terms of like women typically have a hard, longer right. time to reach an orgasm. So if you like tease, mm-hmm. it actually, and, and don't focus, like don't go, like a lot of guys that I've found, I always want to go right down mm-hmm. yeah. to, the gen, to, to the vagina area, the, the mm-hmm. vulva area. But if you if they fo- if they focus and they were smart on just like giving me a really good back massage or that mm-hmm. or, or some sort of like just going near it and not touching it, mm-hmm. that's going to give me a, met- a better orgasm mm-hmm. in the long run. Build up the anticipation. Yes. Build yeah. up the sensation Teasing. in the rest of your body again. It's all totally up in your brain mm-hmm. anyway. In mm-hmm. for my friends who suffer from erectile dysfunction mm-hmm. or and they can't get it up, is it the mm-hmm. same approach? <laughs> You're asking a lot of really big questions. You know, each one of these is kind of, there's like big diagrams and flow charts. Um, (laughs) Erectile dysfunction, the first question we ask is like, do you get hard in the morning, solo, right? Like, do the mechanics function okay? Are you Mm -hmm. getting blood flow? Erection is all about blood flow. They all seem to have a working dick. You've been talking to my friends? I've been, I've been talking to a lot, a lot of people and all bodies have about the same amount of erectile tissue right and so we can track like is blood flow getting to the area because if it's not that's more of a medical issue you're going to go get a workup from your doctor if blood flow is getting there but then when you're in certain partnered situations anxiety performance induced erectile dysfunction um then it becomes again about how to change the script, how to change expectations, how to change what mindset you show up to, how to change the partnered communication so it's not a failure. Like a soft penis is not a failure. Mm -hmm. Penises get hard and, right, like soft penises can experience pleasure, they can be played with. Penises come and go, it ebbs and flows, and that is how the penis is designed to work. This performance to get hard, stay hard, be hard for a long time is really unfair pressure. Mm-hmm. Like, why do we do that to ourselves? Yeah. And part of the dialogue there is that desire doesn't equate erection. And so a lot of the um, downward spirals come from when the partner then translates a soft penis into not feeling desirable. He doesn't want me. I'm not pretty enough. And so that taps into all of her performance scripts. Yep. Yep. It sucks totally. It's cyclical. But yeah. I think if, 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 Rejection if comes a guy in. knows that it's going to mm-hmm. be a, a tough, t- tough challenge, he should yeah. go right from the get-go. This, first of all, yeah. just want you to know, I'm totally turned on by you. It's yes. not about you if I can't get it up. Yes. Yeah. Can we just do other things? Can I focus on your pleasure? Can he focus yeah. on yeah. cunnilingus? What girl's going to say no to that? Because uh-huh. like, then that takes some of the pressure off too off his penis Mm -hmm. and it's just so important not to equate a soft penis with like not being man enough like that is a that is a very dangerous cultural script that we have continued to propagate and it's a myth and it's a story like every you are manly enough no matter what your penis is doing and no woman is gonna say hey don't go down on me you know just (laughs) right she's gonna be like you want to go down on me for a while until you get hard that's okay i can i can live with that right just do other things that are fun yeah probably the erection will come back once you feel relaxed and yes. like accepted and like it's okay and not a big problem but call the white elephant out in the room right away so that you're she's now like oh is it me then she gets into her head and then both of them can't come right then like the anxiety spirals yeah yeah it's interesting that like i could see the correlation between uh, premature ejaculation and feeling anxious and tense mm-hmm. and, and like mm-hmm. it's all that pressure that leads to the release and it's it i don't have as much familiarity with 
what what the mindset that gets into mm. what would prevent something or like what would be occurring in the body when to, mm. to prevent erection two of the big ones are stress and shame mm. right so stress the adrenaline cortisol um, can really prevent blood flow can prevent erection um, shame comes up a lot and sometimes when I dig into this with guys you know, it's um, maybe they had what they're even, you know, premature ejaculation, erectile dysfunction. The medical definitions of these are, you know, not having an erection when you want one, <laughs> not ejaculating right. when in the desired window of time. And like, since when does our body function on our demand like that? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just fucked up. Like, I don't regulate my heartbeat and like my cholesterol level. Like, you or know, pooping. it's like we have you know we have a relationship with these systems but this idea that like it's time to have sex perform like this body it's just like really fucked up yeah so we need to take that pressure off um but also the stories we tell ourselves like it can go down to being bullied in the playground or one time you had a premature ejaculation and the girlfriend humiliated you Mm -hmm. those stories loop in our brains and our neurology catches onto them and they become sticky Mm. especially when it's something like you had a difficult time getting it up once, and then it happened again the second time. Right now, now it's a major problem. It becomes self-reinforcing. Yeah, totally. It just keeps looping around don't and around. Do this, and around. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do it. Right. And so, how do we interrupt that cycle? How do we get into a different relationship with your pleasure? Because when we say this, like, focus on other things. It's not that big of a deal if you don't get hard. It feels like a really big deal in the moment. <laughs> totally. When you're in front of a naked woman not getting hard. So 100%. what if? What if? And I am not like big into pushing this, but what if? If you're really already in that loop, you take a blue pill. Yeah. And just get one success story there. Totally. And then, you know, I don't think you'll be addicted to it, but I think it'll get you out. At least it'll It'll break the cycle. Break up the cycle by taking a Viagra or something like that. Or a blue chew. A blue chew. Mm. Is that a sponsor? Yes. It's it's a sponsor (laughs) of the future. Blue chew. Um, You should try it too. Yes, there can be pharmaceutical interventions. My concern there is that it doesn't fundamentally break the attitudes and the self story. A lot of it is about like self narrative Mm. and being able to show up for the sex act with a different conception of self. Um, So having a backup like that for some people, even a placebo will take the pressure off and erection will come more easily. Um, but a lot of guys are developing like heart problems from overusing these things and Mm -hmm. we shouldn't put stress on the arousal process on the erection process. We need to take a little bit of that pressure off, um, rather than kind of like force it. How about, how about weed? Does that help? Weed does help for some people. One drink helps for some people a little bit too much alcohol, like doesn't help for most people. Um, I don't know. You know, it's, People are looking for the fixes, but so much of this is cultural attitudes towards sex, just cultural stress levels, the level of stress and anxiety and distraction we carry throughout most of our days. And then we show up for sex and expect it to be different. Mm -hmm. And as sex educators, we've been really dedicated to this idea of like meeting people where they're at in their busy lives and their stressful lives. We're all anxious about different things. So how do we make sex work even with all of those things being true? Mm. Right? Like, well, how what do, do we... you two do? 
we we're about prepare to go to a hotel that. and find yeah. out. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I like to to separate like transition from my regular life to sex. So if I know that we're going to have sex, I will normally put a timer on and dance mm. for like 15, 20 minutes. And then I'll meditate. What kind of dancing? And then I'll doing? shout. I'll just put on my favorite. Like me, I'll be like, mm-hmm. just dance in the living room, dance in my bedroom. Yeah, like, it's adorable. Yes. Yeah. It's a great meditation. Gets her in her body. It gets me in my gets body. And, like moves my, like gets stressed. Like, what you know, whatever mm-hmm. the day being done. Then I like so Chris meditate. Walks in and, and then I shower. Then I massage myself. Mm-hmm. Like I prepare my myself oh wow i prepare myself because when i do that because i love erotic trance but when i spend that amount of time preparing my body then once i show up for sex i'm already pretty deep in my body so i can like go further i love that i can like feel and you might like to try that yeah of like before sex because it's like like yeah or playing or just you know i don't know hell yes yeah because i'm gonna put on a whole mime costume totally (laughs) exactly like be a animal I don't well know. I know you guys are you know in the comedy world like one of the things I do is I watch stand up oh really for me good laugh gets out my stress it's one oh, of the ways wow. I complete my stress cycle hell yes yeah. so if they want mm-hmm. people want to find you how do they do that mm-hmm. pleasuremechanics.com is our online home pleasuremechanics.com slash free you can sign up for our free online course and our weekly podcast is speaking of sex with the pleasure mechanics so you can get that anywhere you listen to podcasts and i think they get a promo or a discount right we'll give you mama's discount oh, on the courses definitely I, go to like the better sure. than a mama's discount the description of this episode mm-hmm. will have this exact link so make definitely. sure to visit it but and we we'll also link to our free course and to our free survivors toolkit which oh is a ton of tools for survivors wow um so we hook you up and definitely use those links in the show notes page to come visit us and i highly recommend the mindful sex course i took it this morning for the second time and it mm-hmm. just got me in a much clearer mindset mm. not even just at, about sex but about my experience of living day to day right it's very it's great stuff i love mm-hmm. what you guys are doing the mm-hmm. two little buddhist Thank masseuse <laughs> <laughs> so we have been called love monks in the past yes. love monks. <laughs> love write that down we love you the thank love you for listening yeah. thank you very much stay tuned peeps because we're going to have a little uh, special patreon bonus episode just for you guys with the love monks <laughs> cheers Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed that conversation. You heard them mention a Patreon bonus at the end. We stuck around after the interview to pull some questions out of their hat and answer questions about porn and our favorite kinky sensations and more. And we have posted that Patreon bonus to our Patreon, which you can find at pleasuremechanics.com love. You'll find ways to support this show, including our Patreon page, which is also at patreon.com slash pleasure mechanics. And that bonus episode is waiting for you along with lots of other patron only resources, bonus episodes, community conversations, and more. About 1% of the listening audience of this podcast supports us through the Patreon. About 1%. If we have touched your life in some way and given you a gift of a new tool or technique or even just an idea that has transformed the way you walk in this world, show your love for this show at pleasuremechanics.com slash love and join our inner circle Get more intimate with us and support this work in the world. Yes, pleasuremechanics.com slash love. 
The Sex Talk with My Mom bonus episode is waiting for you there, and we get quite candid. Show us your love at pleasuremechanics.com slash love. We will see you next week with another episode of Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. Cheers. <laughs>